The first thing that happens is the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in, as much as it's upsetting. To wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. Because <laughs> a certain point, like getting through the holidays, also know it's, it's a, it can be a bit of a crunch time and it's not forever. And you can remind yourself, it's just actually a couple crazy weeks. It feels yeah. like longer. It's a couple of crazy weeks. A <laughs> couple of crazy weeks. Um, now, I, I'm just shifting gears a little bit here. Yeah. And, and uh, something that interests me and, um, you know, it, it gets talked about uh, among people in the support group and, and people outside of the support group. So for someone who, who has lost so much and feels so much despair... Um, and maybe have one or two really, really loved ones that, that they haven't seen, or maybe is on the rocks. Um, I think about that. I think about that scene in trading spaces with, uh, Eddie Murphy and, and Dan Aykroyd oh, gosh. Yeah, when so he is just down in the dumps dressed like Santa Claus and he goes in and tries to, you know, gets himself so blitzed that he's going to try and die in the snow. And, um, you know, that, that's not. That's not far from the truth for a lot of people. And you have a little bit of experience helping people who, like myself, have lost so much mm -hmm. at a later part in time in, yeah. in their lives. And what about those folk? What, what can we do for them? I mean, you know, you can, you can go volunteer in a shelter and, mm -hmm. and stuff. But what if you're one of those folk, I guess mm -hmm. I should say? You know, mm -hmm. how do you deal with that? How do you build yourself back mm -hmm. up? How do you survive the, because everybody else is so joyous and together and yeah. with loved ones. And yeah. it's like, you're looking at the banquet from outside. From the outside. Yeah. I think then you turn back and you go to the wilderness and you find the other people in the wilderness. I have to say, I, I like that's that. a metaphor from Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness, which was one of my transformational books, you know, those of us who are brave enough to not be in the mainstream and not just brave enough, also circumstantial, um, trying to enter into like be part of things in that way. It can happen. Of course. I don't, I don't know. Um, often outsiders finding other outsiders is where they find their chosen family. Yeah. If, if that's the circumstance, you know, I mean, this is, it's tough, you know, this, I'm not saying that that's like the cure for homelessness, um, at all by any means. Um, so I think sometimes we feel like I'm the only one going through this experience. It's true. I'm the only one who's me. Right. That person's the only one who's them. But I, you know, at a certain point, we're all at different levels of suffering. And if you have it in you to be vulnerable enough to ask for some help and that might not be from a conventional helping source. You know, that's not necessarily a systemic thing. It could just be a person. Um, I think asking vulnerably for, vulnerably for help, I think also if we feel compelled to help people, we need to ask them how they want to be helped. Because I think we do a lot of assumptions. Oh, you need food or you need shoes. Like, I, I just need some cash. Um and that that's something I really learned in grad school is is you don't people know what they need, and yeah. if you're in a place of privilege, you're gonna you may think that you know what they need, 
and actually they know what they need. And you, you can make a lot of assumptions um, with that, you know. And also, hey, people still need, it, still need help in January. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it does, The season does kind of bring up this charitableness, which is great. And, you know, a lot of these organizations just have to capitalize on that feeling. Um, but, you know, it is a year-round thing. And I actually every year I do an adoptive, it's called adoptive family. I wish it was called something different. Um, but it's through, oh, my gosh. Is it United Way? One of those big organizations, but uh-huh. they, you know, get in touch with low-income families, and the families put together their. This is what we need for Christmas, and you just say, "I got it," and I really love it. It's so practical. They're like, "She needs purple sweatpants, and I need a skillet," and like, "Here you go." Yeah, well, I'm not showing up with shoes for everyone. They don't need shoes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, and um, that also that also keeps the uh, humanity and the self-dignity intact. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and, and this kind of goes back to, to what you learned in grad school, you have to ask them what they need because if you don't, then you might give them something or do something for them that makes them feel less mm-hmm. of a person. You're just patronizing. Or you end yes. up just looking like an idiot. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, the patronizing. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It can, we just, we, it goes back to the theme of the conversation. So we just got to connect, you know. Um, I often, if I see someone asking for something and I'm not in like my car and I'm going into a store, what do you need in there? I'd love a piece of pizza. I give them a piece of pizza. You know, or something like that. I, I think, and it's actually the the connection, the being seen as a human. We all need to be seen as humans. Yeah. So, you know, and it's hard, you know, your original question, gosh, if you're going through some real loss, I ache for you. And there is a lot of ache. And if no one's reaching out to you, you know, if you have any little bit that feels like connecting, you know, I mean, social media is what it is, but it is a great way to connect and to find interest groups and find, you know, groups that just talk about certain things. And there is an amazing amount of support. Um, it does take that little bit to say I need support though, you know, yeah. which can be hard. Also maybe expand to, you know, is there help that you've been refusing that maybe it's time to say, okay, it's hard. It's hard to accept help, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. It is. And it's really hard. Yeah. I, I have a rough time with it. And sometimes, um, there's so there's, I've had a hard time getting back to people when I'm deep, deep in the dump Mm. because I don't want to show my, my weak quote unquote weakness. Um, sometimes I don't feel comfortable letting people know I'm in pain or, Mm. you know, or that I need something. So Mm -hmm. your point of asking for the help, it's paramount. It's mm-hmm. paramount. Um, yeah. And it's the vulnerability involved with it, I think, is one of the things that people have the hardest time with mm-hmm. because they've been kicked down so much or they mm-hmm. fell so hard that you're worried that if you show you too much vulnerability, people will attack you. Well, in, in our, especially Western culture, we have this, um, you know, this sort of cowboy, like, do it yourself. You know, we really praise the hero with no team. And that's yeah. a, that's a an archetype that is um, really damaging. 
because uh, it's just not real. It's just not real. It's an argument. It's fiction. You know, um, we can't do it alone. And so then even if you've been a self-sufficient person and you've probably been praised for that, oh, look at you doing that on your own. Oh, you know, you do all this stuff independently. You get lots of props for that. And then something changes and you need help and you have never practiced that before. <laughs> That's really hard. It, it is hard. Am I still me if I'm asking for help? You know, I, I do. I think specificity is so important. I just told someone this story of, you know, when I went through some loss a couple of years ago. And of course, you know, I've got this wonderful community and everyone's so helpful. Oh, just let me know if I can do anything. Let me know if I can do anything. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know where I am, like in my life, you know, like if I had something specific and I had one friend say, I'm bringing you dinner tonight. Will you be home? That is like, a, it took the work off of me mm-hmm. to decide. Any of those people, I probably should have said, hey, dinner would be great. <laughs> what I did, you know, then I felt awkward even saying that or, you know, that I was like, is that what you want to give? I don't know what you want to give. What, what do you suggest? Um, but this friend just knew, I got to say meals, it's always meals. Um, <laughs> just like, I'm bringing it. The only thing I'm asking you is if you're going to be home. And then I didn't have to work. You know, that was amazing. So I think sometimes if we know people like certain Micahs in our lives that have never asked for help, say, Micah, I'm bringing something by. Will you be home? (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes if you see somebody who might, you guess might be struggling, but isn't asking for help, you you can ask them, of course. Yeah. what, What do you need? And you can also make a suggestion. I mean, I guess I'm kind of like offering two words of advice. It just totally depends. But like, hey, if I brought you, if I just took the kids for the afternoon, would that be helpful? Right? If I just brought you a meal, would that be helpful? You know, and if I just give you some cash, like we, I think we can be bold with our asks and then gracious in receiving and say, you know what would help me the most? And this is off the wall, but like, could you drive me to the store tomorrow <laughs> or something? <laughs> You know, I think we can get creative with both our asks and our offers. And I think it's specific because I I do understand and I've said it myself, like, oh, let me know if I can do anything. And I mean it. But then it does put a lot of the onus on that person. And if that person is not used to asking for help, you're not going to get anything. (laughs) Like, And everyone actually feels helpless and wants to do something. So let's get like specific, you know? I don't know, Micah. So like if there was something someone could do for you in the next week? Like, what could you, what would like really help you out? Um, God, see, that's a great question. Again, here I am. It's like, I need so many things, but then (laughs) I need to get, yeah. Um, I think if it was in the next two weeks, it would be a ride or a bus ticket up to Glenwood so I could see my son. And I could take this job the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. You know? Gotcha. Um, Or, ooh, ooh, I know. That's good. That's very specific, yeah. Yeah. Help in rearranging my my recording space. Ooh. Yes. Right? That's just a buddy coming over for an afternoon. I love it. It's just time. There's no money involved. Like, I just need someone to help me with this space. Yeah. yeah, I've actually recently done that. I've got like this whole room, this whole situation, and we have this wonderful babysitter. Granted, I am paying her. I was like, could you just come on like Monday morning and just just be with me? <laughs> like, so you don't even have to move. Like, just just what? be there. No, no, no. She'll be there. She'll be super helpful. But like, and I have asked friends of that. Yeah, like that. I moved into this house and my friends asked me what I wanted for my birthday. I said, 
could you bring takeout over and help me hang paintings, hang artwork? And we had an art hanging party. And I, again, act of service. I actually just realized that I asked for an act of service and not a gift. Your act of service means way more to me. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's a good act of service. All right. Well, for all of your friends who are listening to this, I hope someone comes by and scoops you up for Glenwood and hangs out and organizes your studio with you. I think that would be. Isn't that specific and wonderful? And someone's going to be like, oh, I would love to help you with that. Right. Right. And I, it would motivate me as well. Um, because I need to be, and I, I, I'm thinking about this more often and, and this actually ties into, um, my voice career versus my podcasting. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've been chasing after voiceovers for 20 years or so. Um, you know, sometimes it was really good. Sometimes it was really mm-hmm. slow, but I never really felt like I'm paying anything forward or anything like that. And then I got the podcasting side and the uh, volunteer work with the epilepsy support group. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel so full. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was also like the live entertainment, this MC work that could very well start back up here within the next few months. That was my absolute joy. I loved it because I got immediate feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, the little kids coming up and saying hi and mm-hmm. and the adults coming up and saying thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And to s- see the look on their face and, and the, the vibe of the crowd. It mm-hmm. was that. Mm, like the difference be- between being on camera and being live on stage for a mm-hmm. theater production. It's mm-hmm. just the camera work will never match the mm-hmm. the excitement and the rush that I get from being on stage mm-hmm. yeah, and part of things yeah yeah and and so and I think I got off on a tangent there no 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 that's okay but yeah it's um that that's finding the purpose and maybe that has a lot mm-hmm. to do with love language it's, I wrote it down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um because I'm now I'm really curious about taking the test and 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 have the people around you take the test too. It's like, oh, we speak the same thing there. Like, why are we giving candles when we actually like love words of affection? You know, there can sometimes be a realization there. Like, I actually we can meet each other's needs differently. I looked it up. The website is five, like the number five, lovelanguages.com. Five lovelanguages.com. That would that's gonna save me a lot of Google searching. You're gonna love it, yeah. And there's there's a book, but there's a lot on the website, and the basic thing is free. And I don't know, I love it. (laughs) I think it's you know, be curious like what kind of research has been done with it, but um, I do think there's really something there, and I think it like you know, there's kind of this trope of like, oh, you know, men are bad at gifts and stuff like that. It's like, well, they are expressing love and it might be in really different ways. It could be in quality time together. It could be in right. acts of service, you know, like I think we're all expressing connection in, but sometimes we just have different ways of doing it. And then signals get, get, get missed. Uh, yes. Yes. I think that's a big thing. Um, actually, this is going to be, this actually is one of the big takeaways for me too, uh, because I have been, I, I got sucked into the consumerism so much mm-hmm. and and I'm not going to be a good brother or a good son or a good father unless I get them a badass gift. Mm-hmm. And we all have. maybe I need to step back a couple of steps and say, no, the big thing is, is letting them know that you care and that you're thinking mm-hmm. about them and that you love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think back to, I used to 
give, uh, you remember the coupon books the kids would always give their parents, oh, yeah. you know, this is a yeah, free yeah. back rub. I'll do oh, the God, dishes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I used to send people poems like mm -hmm. your dad did. That was one of my things. Nice. And uh, once I started doing voiceover work, I started recording special messages and poems for that. friends and loved ones. And so I love maybe that. I need to step more into that and not worry so much yeah. about whether it, I'm being a good I gift giver. Right. Because it's like, okay, the point is actually that I feel connected with this person. And knowing clear-eyed, okay, if I change my behavior, some people are going to be like, awesome. And other people are going to be like, WTF. <laughs> and some people are going to say, okay, you can say that. I'm still going to give you a gift. Like you're still going to get the scented candle, even if you gave the person a poem. Are you going to feel okay with that? You See? know, yeah. is it going to start feeling uneven? Mm -hmm. And is that just okay? Yeah, I felt that way last year. I felt, yeah, you know, my cousins come in from Albuquerque. I didn't even know she was coming. And she made some essential oils and, and balms and stuff for the family. Mm -hmm. And then I have an aunt who always gives something that she crocheted. And I had nothing for any of them. And I felt mm -hmm. so awful. And mm -hmm. and this is, this is kind of speaks to what you're talking about. Um, working through that. How do you work through that? How do you, mm. how do you shed that guilt and get over it? I mean, it sounds to me like it would take <laughs> a whole lot of self-reflection. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a few ideas. Just that idea. If, if balancing the ledger feels important, because I'm not saying it's not, you know, it's there. It doesn't mean you always have to do it. You can be bold about it, but like, oh gosh, I didn't get you guys anything. Let me take you to lunch tomorrow, you know, or something, you know, there could just be a thing you can just pull out and that's maybe a time together thing. Um, let me treat you to a coffee and let's, let's take a walk on my favorite trail. Like what? A, yeah, go. I don't know. I would, I would feel that's a gift as a receiver, you know? So there can always be that. I think we can be a lot more creative than like a trinket that's like wrapped. Like I like this. Let me offer my time with you. Cause that's actually what I want. That's actually like the connection that I want. So I do, I think that's there. I think there's some options to like even it out, especially if you're kind of caught unawares, that's awkward for everybody. Um, oh, repeat that last sentence. I th oh yeah. I think it's awkward Cut for everybody. Art. Damn internet. Did our internet catch up? Okay. Hold on, Rachel. Hold no on problem. here. No wait, problem. wait. You're like, it's like, Oh, <laughs> okay, try it again. <laughs> I think it can be awkward for anyone to be caught unawares and now receiving. are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> yes, I'm doing that on purpose. <laughs> I'm trying to oh make it so gosh. you can edit it. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is what should I do? My internet might oh. just oh yeah, lost connection to server attempting to reconnect oh my gosh there we go hey okay now i'm back you're oh, back he really did saw through that cable didn't he <laughs> <laughs> i think he yeah yeah he definitely did oh my okay now i'm seeing sound waves on both sides okay okay good good and i am too okay so I, are you gonna have to do some crazy editing <laughs> probably I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's I've had it worse. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Hold I was on. Think of how I want to re re say what I said. Um, okay. Well, real quick, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, friends out there in family Fuster Cluckland, we had some technical difficulties actually dropped offline and trying to get back on. So that's that's why you got a little bit of a glitch back there. We're gonna try and get back on track. I have shitty short-term memory, so I don't even know what we were talking about except for. I got. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, uh, but Rachel knows. Of course, uh, we're with Rachel Duncan, art therapist, uh, mental health counselor, and just badass woman overall. And we're talking about Christmas, gift giving, uh, associated guilt sometimes, and, and yeah, things like that. So where were we? I think we were talking about... When someone gives you a gift and you are like empty handed or caught off guard, and what do yeah. we do with that awkwardness? Right. Right. Yeah. Fed up and we've all been better, but I'm set to step up, never let up, cause the fall is just a setup now to get up. Regret'll never get the better of me with the sawed off. When I'm having trouble talking, someone knocks my writer's block off. And if my eyes glaze and my knees drift south, and you ever think to stick a credit card in my mouth, I take MasterCard and Visa for my risk rewards. I'm not biting my tongue, why don't you bite yours? It's all too much. Said it's all too much. Said it's all too much. And if the world breaks your legs, you go and beat it with your crutch.